0: Amen. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's holy word? Thank you so much. Again, I want to tell the men of New Beginnings how much I love you. And how much I thank God for you and your ministries. Now, ladies, don't get mad. Y'all know I love you too. Amen. But it's Father's Day. I want to show them some love. Amen. Amen. And ladies, I want you to hear hustle today because I got a word I want to talk to the men about. So open your Bibles to 2 Samuel Mm -hmm. chapter 18. 2 Samuel chapter 18. Y'all know I'm kind of an Old Testament guy. I like those Old Testament stories. So I'm going to talk to the men today about uh, this title. I'm calling this topic, Every man's battle Every man's battle The day to kill your flesh Every man's battle The day to kill your right. flesh This is an installment in a new way to live series 2 Samuel chapter 18 verse 1 And David numbered the people who were with him. And he set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. Then David sent out one third of the people under the hand of Joab. That was one soldier. One third under the hand of Abishai. That's another soldier. And the son of Zariah, Joab's brother, And one-third under the hand of Ittai the Gittite. And the king said to the people, I also will surely go out with you myself. But the people answered, you shall not go out. For if we flee away, they won't care about us. Nor if half of us die, will they care about us. But you, David, are worth 10,000 of us now. For you are now more help to us in the city. Little context. He has just become the king of Judah, not Israel, but Judah. Then the king said to them, well, whatever seems best to you, I will do. So the king stood beside the gate and all the people went out by hundreds and by thousands. Now the king had commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai saying, deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains orders concerning Absalom. Absalom is David's son who tried to kill him and take over the kingdom. And he ran David away out of Israel. Y'all ready now? Yes, sir. Okay. So when the people, verse 6, went out into the field of battle against Israel, this is Judah fighting Israel, and the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David and a great slaughter of 20,000 took place there that day. For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside and the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Then Absalom, he met the servants of David, and Absalom rode on a mule. The mule went under the thick boughs of a great tabernacle tree, and his head got caught in the terebinth. So he was left hanging between heaven and earth, and the mule which was under him, it ran on. Now, a certain man saw it and told Joab, the soldier, and said, I just saw Absalom hanging in the terebinth tree. So Joab said to the man who told him that, you just saw him? And why didn't you strike him near to the ground? I would have given you 10 shekels of silver and a belt. But the man said to Joab, though I were to receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, I would not raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing today, the king commanded you, Abijah and Entai, saying, Beware, lest anyone touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise, I would have dealt falsely against my own life. For there is nothing hidden from the king, and you yourself would have set yourself against me. Then Joab said, Man, I can't even linger with you. And he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the midst of the terebinth tree. And ten young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded Absalom, and they struck him and killed him. So Joab blew the trumpet, and the people returned from pursuing Israel, for Joab held back the people. And they took Absalom and cast him into a large pit in the woods, and they laid a very large heap of stones over him, and then all Israel fled, everyone, to his tent. Now, Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up a pillar for himself, which is in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. So he called the pillar after his own name. And to this day, it is called Absalom's moment, a monument. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. It was a day that was filled with hatred. Shay, daughter, it's good to see you. It was a day, daughter, that was filled with pain. It was a day that was refilled with rebellion and with war. Because it was the day that Absalom died. Uh, He woke up that morning, Reverend Nichols, looking to kill his own daddy. Uh He woke up that morning suiting up to go to battle. He commanded his troops, set them in ranks and in order. Thousands were at his command. And it was the day he would finally kill his father. The day Absalom died was a day like most usual days. But this particular day wasn't the day that he thought was going to be his last. In other words, he didn't wake up that morning thinking he was going to die. No, but it was an unusual day. Why? Because heaven had the red light. On Absalom. His time was up. And his agenda was about to be canceled. Because death was in hot pursuit. But Absalom didn't know it. See Absalom led a rebellion in the kingdom. And he tried to take out his daddy. Because he hated his father. He thought yes. Yes. That his army would defeat David's army. The day Absalom died though, beloved, was the day he was supposed to die. Y'all in here? It was a day he needed to die. You see, Absalom's flesh was out of control. Absalom was an evil king trying to destroy Deacon Tommy, a righteous king. Absalom was a dark soul trying to take out the light of another soul.
1: Yeah.
0: Absalom in this text represents the worst of us
1: yeah,
0: yeah. trying to hurt the best of us.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Y'all going to help me preach today? Yeah. Brothers, this text is about spiritual warfare. Yeah. Yeah. And what will you do as men, fathers, fathers, husbands and soldiers in your family to kill the flesh come on now. that want to take out what God's trying to do in your home. Yeah. Here it is, here it is. Absalom needed to die because David needed to live. Yeah. <laughs> Absalom needed to die, Billings, so the King Messiah could come through the land. Yeah. While we don't rejoice in his demise, we do give thanks for biblical justice. Because if Absalom rules and reigns, then the flesh Come on now. rules and reigns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If Absalom rules and reigns, Brother Randy, there's no peace in the land. If Absalom rules and reigns, the righteous will not stand. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: If Absalom rules and reigns, terror Evil, injustice, and all that is unrighteous will have its way in the earth. I learned three things about about Absalom. Here's what I learned. Number one, it's better for the wicked to die than for the righteous to perish. I can't get no help today. It's better, fathers, for evil to be dealt with Than for goodness to suffer rejection. It's better for the flesh to be killed. So the spirit may live. Can I get some help this morning? Absalom represents the fallen nature in man. Who rejects and hates. The king of righteousness. So he dies in this text. So that we may understand the nature of evil, the purpose and plan of wickedness, and how the righteousness of God is always victorious in the battle of spiritual warfare. Uh Now, this isn't a a sunshine band lesson, so I'm going to need you to put on your Bible caps. All right, so you can do the thinking with us. Today, let's study these things. Let's study. Let's study and explore the place in battle.
1: Yeah.
0: Let's talk about the predicament. In battle. Let's look at the pause. In battle. And I'll land the plane looking at the purpose. In battle. All right. Now parenthetically. You are either in a war. Yes, on your way out of a war. Right. Come on now. Or you just. Came out of a war. And you got a season of peace. Yes, but everybody. Somebody say everybody. Yeah experiences spiritual warfare. So it's, it, 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 be, it behooves you to sit up and get a piece of this lesson for yourself. Amen. Open your Bibles, keep them open, and look at verse 7 and 8 with me. The place of the battle is this point. The Bible says the people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David. The people of Israel are Absalom's troops. And a great slaughter of them happened. 20,000 were killed on that day. of Absalom men. Verse 8. For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside. And watch this. And the woods devoured more people that day than the sword devoured. Can you lean in and get this right here? (laughs) Beloved, when you arrive at verses 7 and 8, the first thing we discover is that the fight takes place in a place called the woods of Ephraim. It's a place that was kind to David. It was a place that David knew well. It was a place where he got victory over Saul before. In other words, he fought in this location before. And it was his strategy, watch this now, to draw Absalom and his troops into a place where David could fight from a position of strength. I need a few amens to help me through that. Lisa, daughter, it was a rough place. It was a, a place of rugged terrain. It was a place of solitude and harshness. It's a place... That God would teach Absalom and rebellious Israel a lesson about betraying him and turning against God's anointed one. Every battle, God is teaching you something. I just dropped something right there. The Bible says it took place, Carla, in the woods of Ephraim. Uh that, That David. Yeah. David would have the Lord to fight on his behalf. See, according to the text, Absalom and his troops were overthrown there. In other words, that's the place, Randy, where they got whooped. The Bible says 20,000 of them died that day. And here's what i I've noticed for the record, brother preachers. They thought, his troops, that by following Absalom, because he was younger stronger, better looking, yeah, yeah, he was more charming that they could take the old man down. I'm talking to the young men here. They thought because he old, he can't do it like he used to. That this fight is fixed. Come on, talk to me. I'm going to drop these things on him. But I got him covered. That's what they were saying, young man. Somebody old say, try me. Try <laughs> me like this about this text because what they didn't count on was that the Lord was going to be fighting for David's victory. Watch the text. Watch the text. They are conquered in the woods by a few of David's army. When they tried to run from David, David's few mighty men, the Bible says, somebody say the Bible says the woods devoured them more that day than the sword come on help me y'all
1: that's
0: just good Bible it wasn't the sword that whooped them, God had some other stuff that he was going to whoop them with oh God that's preaching the woods whooped them okay y'all need some help, Here, here it is this simply means that the elements that were in the field took out the soldiers that was trying to get God's men. The pits, the potholes, the trees, the hills, the rocks, the stones, the dirt, the cliffs, all of earth's natural elements rose up as soldiers in Yahweh's army. God got some stuff to whoop you that a man will never had to touch you. Oh God. Here it is. The Lord fought against him. And the Lord went to war against... Listen, you, you, you don't want to go to war against God. You ain't going to win that fight. The, the place itself was the place of defeat. God used the woods to whoop them. Here's what I noticed. Here's what I noticed. Sister Sandy, daughter, sometimes in the spiritual war with the flesh, God will lead you to in the places that will help you gain victory over your enemy. First Lady Lucy, good to see you, daughter. Sometimes in this battle, God will use the inanimate objects of this world to disarm the flesh and to get victory Over its nature Okay here it is Sometimes God fights with stuff The flesh never thought he used Places like prisons You gonna listen to somebody Hospitals He gonna get your attention Skid row Bad jobs Horrible cities Operating tables courtrooms, police station, harsh dwelling places to get your attention to arrest your sinful nature. Don't keep thinking that God ain't got the red light on you. He got some places that'll get your attention and some places that will defeat your sinful nature. I might just preach in here today. Places where the battles of your flesh are fought. Listen, here's how I learned this Tommy When the Lord is on your side And the enemy of your soul tries to take over You have to fight that enemy In the place where the Lord gave you victory before If God showed you Austin how to whoop him in one place Don't try to fight him in a new terrain Go back to the location where he gave you victory before. Yeah. You can fight from that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, how to fight, fight on? Here's what. Here's what I learned. We can learn from this text that David knew where to fight. Yeah, he, did. he knew that the place. He knew the place rather to fight, yeah. and he knew that it was just important that place as the fight itself. Mm-hmm. Here, here's what else I learned. David's men were ready. They were trained. They were focused. They were what I call battle right. So you can learn from this text that it makes a difference to be prepared for warfare, fathers, when you know it's coming against you. Don't sleep on that. It matters where you fight the battle because the victory is paramount for the man of God. See if this helps. I stumbled across a National Geographic show. And they were doing Brother Nichols a story on the Alaskan bull moose. Mm -hmm. And it said that the male species of the bull moose, they prepare for battle in the fall season to have male. Dominance. Okay. The bull moose with the biggest antlers and who had the biggest frame mm-hmm. usually dominates. All right. But in order to be dominant in the fall, the fight must be prepared for in the summer. That's right. <laughs> yeah. In other words, the one in the summer. That consumes the best diet, uh-huh. that's able to gain weight, becomes the heavyweight in the fall. Uh-huh. And so they prepare for the fall battle in the summer. Here's the lesson just like the bull moose fathers, we can't wait, yes, until it's fighting season to try to get in shape. You gotta be practicing when you ain't in the war. To get ready because the war is coming. Yeah. Are you with me here? Yeah. Just because you got a season of ease don't mean you can stop reading your Bible. Right. It don't mean you can lay, you can go light on your prayer time. Yeah. The time to work out is when you got the house full of blessings. Because yeah. the war is coming. Yeah. Our problem is we sleep on God during the good season. Yeah. And then when the war comes, we get amnesia like we don't know how to fight can I say something? Can I say something here? Amen. If you stay ready, you ain't gotta. Amen. What does that mean? It means in those seasons where life is good, you keep your heart centered on the things of God. Amen. When everything is at ease, that's when you develop the life of prayer. Uh-huh. That's when you and mama are on your knees on the side of the bed talking to God. Right. That's when you're making Bible clash. Right? right? You're preparing. For what's to come, because you know it's coming. We've looked at the place of the battle. Let's look now at the predicament in the battle. Verse 9. One verse. Y'all in here? Yes, sir. Look at verse 9 with me. The Bible says that then Absalom, after he got defeated, he met the servants of David. Mm-hmm. They're on the battlefield. Absalom meets them. Absalom rode on a mule. He was running from the scene. And the mule, it went under the thick bowls of the terebinth tree. And his head got caught in the terebinth. So he was left hanging there between heaven and earth. And the mule left him in the tree. It kept on running. Y'all in here? Thank you, Sister Johnson. I got one amen. When you arrive at this portion of the narrative, you'll get to see what I call as Absalom's predicament in battle. Stay with me, y'all. I'm going somewhere. The would-be king finds himself in a difficult, unpleasant, and embarrassing situation. Sister Horton, good to see you. Good to see you, sis. His troops have been defeated by his father's small army that they thought they could overtake. And the woods have killed 20,000 of them because the Lord was fighting on David's behalf. Here it is. Everyone, Johnny, is running for their lives. And now the wannabe king has nobody who's on his side to stand and fight with him. While he's in the battle, the battle turns sour on him. And his own mule runs in a direction that the king can't control. Don't think Absalom was driving this mule. This mule was running because death was in the air. The battle got hot. The mule understands Yahweh is fighting here And everything in creation Works for Yahweh Okay let me cut across the field Because I'm losing some of y'all The mule was employed by God Can I say some more? He just owned the mule y'all and the mule take off and is heading toward the trees. Now, the terrapin trees were interesting because they had large trunks and low branches, right? So if you come into the vicinity of them, you tall like me, you got to be ducking. Absalom is rather tall and he's sitting on the mule. So when the mule takes off, he can't dislodge. He hanging on for his dead life. And the mule heads straight. For the terebin tree. Can I say some more? I like this right here. Well, watch the text carefully. The Bible says that as he went under the tree, his head got caught in the terebin. And he was left hanging, y'all see that? Between heaven and earth. Now, according to the text, Absalom is just a writer. Some scholars say, Ramatong, you'll appreciate this, that it was his neck that got caught in the tree. I don't particularly see that. I understand it, but that's not my view. Can I give you the Wilsonian picture? (laughs) Earlier chapters talk about Absalom's head. Remember, we dealt with that a couple years ago. He had curls for the girls. Come on. Absalom's hair was so cold the Bible said he only cut it one time a year. And when he cut it, it was like a national treasure. They got in line they needed to buy these locks. Come on, talk to me. This was Absalom, pretty boy. David's This was brother's brother was fine. Come on, talk to me. And his hair was just that long. So when I see this donkey taking off and he runs toward the trees, Absalom's hair Gets caught up in the terebrate tree. And he's hanging between heaven and earth. Can, can I say some more? Here's what I noticed God is fighting now against Absalom. Y'all catch it? He uses the donkey to run into the trees. And the trees say, We got him now, donkey. Y'all see that now? And he's hanging. I like this because. It shows me, it shows me something, that Absalom's pride is the thing that got him caught up. His hair, come on, talk to me, was what made him prideful. And guess what? That was the thing that God got him killed, yes. Y'all with me here? Oh, y'all know I wish I could run that rabbit. Listen, it's always the thing that make you think you cute that kills you. It's always that portion of your flesh that you think I got this under control. That's the thing that's going to get you caught. (laughs) I wish I had some help in here. Listen, we learned right here that Absalom's hair was his crutch. Y'all catch it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it was the crutch that got him caught up and got him hung up. Well, well, come on. Okay. I know I got some scholars in here. Let me walk through the text. Vanity mm-hmm. had possessed him. And vanity is the thing that gets him captured in battle. Mm-hmm. The flesh drove him and is now powerless against God and his mm-hmm. army. And when you see Absalom hanging in that tree fast widow, Absalom is defenseless now. Absalom has no army with him. All those people who said they were down with him in his vanity, they gone. Absalom can't defend himself against God's army. He's hanging between heaven and earth. I wrote myself a note here. I think you'll appreciate this. A tree is holding him in custody. A tree has captured his attention. Y'all hear that word tree in there? A tree will deliver him or destroy him. A tree can be a source of salvation or the end of his demise. A tree has him in the position to do business with God and man. We can learn from this text that God's got a tree. It's been stuck in the archives of time In the center of civilization And the cross Catches every man's vanity At the cross You got to deal with God And your sins At the cross You always stretch high And drop low The cross catches everybody In your vanity And you gonna be judged For what you do while you hanging in the tree. <travaill> That's good preaching. I got a few Bible students in here. Yeah. Everybody, everywhere, Sister Sandra must deal with what you're going to do with God. Nobody gets away. Did y'all catch that? Every man, woman, boy, and girl ever born on planet Earth has got to deal with God at that tree. Absalom becomes a picture of the flesh. He is a picture of the worst in us. And by his example, we can see that the flesh is dangerous and is headed for destruction. I need to remind somebody the Lord is fighting against your flesh. Don't you put all that calamity on bad luck. No, you want a war. And God aims to see whose side you on. Did you hear me, fathers? Absalom did this. Guess what I found out, Roy? Absalom rejects his daddy's love in chapters 16 and 17. And his daddy is the king. Come on, make the parallel. He rejects his love. Number two, he rebels against the father's love. And as a result of rebelling and rejecting, he refuses reconciliation. <laughs> That's just goodbye. I don't care who you are. In chapters 16 and 17. And as a result, chapter 18 follows. It's as if the writer is saying to me, if you reject the king's love, you rebel against the king's word. You refuse to be reconciled to the love of the king then the recompense is coming. Are y'all with me here? Well, that Bible made good sense. What a predicament. What a difficult thing and unpleasant experience to put yourself through. Watch out, fathers, for your flesh. It means you no good. I don't care how much weight you put on it, how many tattoos you carve it up with, how you diet it, fry it, lean it to the side, whatever you do. That flesh is your enemy. And God needs you to deal with it. He needs you to kill it. Okay, can I give it to you? We've looked at the place in the battle and the predicament in the battle. Let me show you now the pause in the battle. When you look at verse 10 through 12, y'all with me here? This ain't too much for y'all, is it? The Bible says in verse 10 now. A certain man, he saw it. He saw what happened to Absalom getting caught in the tree. And he ran and told Joab, one of David's soldiers. And he said, I just saw Absalom, Absalom, Joab, hanging in the terrapin tree. Amen. Amen. So Joab said to the man, you just saw it? Why didn't you kill it? He said, I would have given you 10 shekels of silver. And the bell. But the man said to Joab, yeah, you might have blessed me with some shekels and some silver, but I wasn't going to raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, I heard the king say to you and Abishai and Ittai, beware, lest any man touch the young man Absalom. Or otherwise, I would have had to dealt falsely against my own life. For there is nothing hidden from the king and you yourself. You would have set yourself against me. Look at the pause in the battle. When you arrive at this portion of the text, you see a servant of David, a soldier, who comes to the predicament that Absalom is in. He sees him hanging in the tree. He sees him alone. He sees him available to be attacked. But instead of striking the enemy, Lord, he pauses and withdraws. Stay with me, you mm-hmm. He could have ended the war, Tommy, mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. with the enemy, mm-hmm. but he refused to take action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could have stepped up and led in the battle momentarily, but this brother was indecisive. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, okay. No, okay. He could have dealt with Absalom for all the grief, that Absalom had called the family of, on the throne and all of the kingdom yes, sir. but this brother Abu won't make a decision against the enemy the text says he ran and got somebody else Joab told Joab what he saw then Joab questioned him and told him what reward he could have got If he had made the decision to kill Absalom. But this servant, this soldier, was so enthralled. Watch this now. At what he thought he heard the king say. That he became froze with indecisiveness. Against the very enemy who was trying to kill him. Here it is. He thought the king said, beware, lest any man touch Absalom. But that ain't what the king said. I wish I had a witness to it. Don't make it up what? The king said, y'all deal gently for my sake with the young man, Absalom. Are y'all in here? Let me unpack it. The servant in this text, Bobby, had what I call bad information when it came to dealing with the enemy. His bad information allowed for the enemy to stay alive. I'm talking to some man today. You got some bad information about your flesh. And instead of killing it, you keep letting it live. in the wilsonian interpretation this brother billings just wasn't up to killing the flesh he just wasn't up to killing absalom he didn't see no harm just letting him live can i press my claim he was a soldier he had orders he knew what to do he was in the army He was in the number, Carmen. He had the weapons. He had the skill. He had the training. He had everything he needed, Tom, except the heart to get the job done. New Beginners, I've been preaching like I've been crazy for 14 years. Nobody under the sound of this voice in this congregation can ever say, Pastor, didn't teach me. I have laid that thing out year after year, season after season, holiday after holiday, heartbreak after heartbreak, COVID situations. Not one day have I waddled from the text. Ain't a man in here can say I didn't know. This text separates the men from the boys. You either got a heart to kill the enemy or you don't. That's it. he could have handled that one dude the Lord brought him right to Absalom to destroy him but instead he made an excuse and he would not deal with the one that had the entire army of David on the run for years here it is the child of God cannot be hesitant when it comes to killing your flesh look at your neighbor and ask him did they get that did they get that Beloved, you cannot make excuses about keeping your flesh alive. You can't be talking about, oh, I've just been this way all my life. No, 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 no. If Jesus lives in you, you knock that foolishness off. You quit cussing. You quit gambling. You quit being a hellraiser in your church. That ain't cute. You just letting the enemy live. I don't care how long you've been in the body. If you've been in that long and you misbehaving, your growth is retarded.
1: That's
0: right. Amen. I said it. I said it on Father's Day. I said it. you got to have a heart to kill your own nature. Can I get a witness in here? Somebody holler, I'm the problem. Listen, Absalom must die. The flesh must die so the king can live. Beloved, if the flesh is allowed to live, it'll always be in pursuit of the believer. Huh? Huh? I said, huh? Oh, yeah. My flesh tried to wake up with me on Sunday morning. I gotta stab it. Get down. You ain't living today. Are y'all with me? I know I ain't talking to myself. Somebody had to kill him this morning too, to just get here. Some people lost that fight. They ain't here this morning because they let him live. Are y'all in here? This servant didn't want Abs didn't want to kill Absalom. You know somebody like this. They would kill the flesh, but they keep making excuses of why they need it. Mm -hmm. They, They know they should kill the enemy of their souls, but they're afraid to touch it because it may offend somebody. Huh? They would kill the flesh, but they like the way it feels. It feels so good. I know I shouldn't do this. So they, they misquote scripture like God will forgive me, yeah? But that sin that you willingly doing is in direct rebellion of God. Yeah, he'll forgive you, but can I give you the rest of it? He won't remove the consequences. All your sin got consequences. Somebody had all of it. The child of God cannot hit the pause button in the battle. The flesh must die, or it will always cause you to compromise. Well, I kept y'all too long. No, you didn't. I just want to talk to the men today, my brothers. We've looked at the place in the battle. We've looked at the predicament in the battle. We've even looked at the pause in the battle. Let me land the plane now, giving you the purpose of the battle. Come on. Come on. The Bible says in verses 15, 14, and 15, and I'm done. Joab said to the soldier who made excuses, man, I can't linger with you. <laughs> he separates himself, uh-huh. right? And he took three spears. Somebody say three spears. three spears. In his hand, and he thrust them through Absalom's heart. Uh-huh. While Absalom was still alive. In the midst of the terebinth tree. And then the 10 men who bore Joab's armor, they surrounded Absalom. And they struck. And then they killed him. Y'all see that there? Mm -hmm. Joab tried to take him out. Absalom won't die. He's got to have 10 other brothers come around to help. I just said something there. To help them kill the flesh. Okay, let me unpack and leave you alone. When you come to this last piece, I see the purpose of the battle. The purpose of the battle is to, first of all, stop Absalom. That's why they're fighting, right? And it's to put an end to Absalom's evil pursuits. Joab models for you and I what it looks like to be focused in the fight. Sister Billings, he has to let go of the weak soldier so he can stay focused With his orders (laughs) Everybody can't go with you That's all I'm trying to say Absalom was close to Joab Did you know Y'all didn't know this so let me tell you Absalom is Joab's Nephew And the nephew Was trying to kill His brother David His cousin David Are y'all with me here But Absalom does not let His familial relationships stop him from obeying God. I just said something right there. You can't let because you know them stop you from killing your flesh. Y'all in here? A lot of us won't let go of stuff because that sin is connected to family. (laughs) I would stop doing it, Pastor, but my cousin in there. I got too much meat in here. Right, Absalom was so close to him, but it still didn't matter because Absalom was the enemy. Yes. Let me make it live. Your flesh, your old nature, is a part of you. And I know what y'all say. I know the modern day po- poetry. I love me some me. Yeah, but your me is trying to kill your new me.
1: And I don't care how
0: much you love the old me, he got to die. So the new me can live. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It hurts to kill to all you. Y'all got history, y'all got familiarity. And sin wouldn't be sin if it wasn't fun and it didn't feel good. The problem is not that it's fun and it feels good, the problem is there's consequences. For that rebellion against God. Yeah. Are y'all with me here? Yeah. And I don't care how good it's hell. It's got to die. That's right. <laughs> Joab teaches us stay focused in the battle. Oh God, let me get out of here. Joab teaches us don't delay in your decision to kill the flesh. Why? When you deny the flesh access, here it is. It can't have access. Did you catch that? When you, when you kill the cravings of the flesh, make sure you kill them. All of them. <laughs> when you destroy the flesh's motives, make sure the motives stay destroyed. Yeah. Don't go back and pick it up. He delivered you from marijuana. Well. Don't go back to the cannabis store. Well. He saved you from the bar. Don't go back and pick up a little short dog for the road. Come on, talk to me. He saved you from gambling. Don't now say, well, we do it online. It's easier. I don't got to go nowhere. Like, don't do that. Make sure it stays dead. Somebody do that with me. Come on. What man Scott, say, come on. Y'all ain't exercise all day. Make sure. Joab teaches us. How not only to kill the enemy, but also to make sure it can't be resurrected. That's right. Okay, I'm through. I got too much in here and I I got to get on. Time,
1: Pastor.
0: But the Bible was interesting. This came to me late last night. I was marinating on the text. After they kill him, they take his body down and they dig a big pit <laughs> mm-hmm. and they throw him in the pit. Yeah. And then after they dig this deep pit, they throw tons of rocks Mm -hmm. on top of it, Mm -hmm. the body, to make sure it don't rise again. Mm -hmm. When you kill your old you, don't just leave him laying on the dirt. Mm
1: -hmm. Have a funeral,
0: and then so deep. You can't get up
1: again
0: Am I making sense? If you know you're a liar Come on talk to me Make a commitment I'm going to stop lying and bury it And then put some rocks on it So it won't rise again I guarantee you don't If you just lay it down on the dirt He's getting up I saw another something in there too you know that all enemies of the king will one day go into the pit right. oh. and never rise again? Yes. That's just good Bible. Okay, y'all three. Y'all can't handle no more. So. All right. I'm leaving you now. But unless I assume too much, Dr. Widow, I don't want to take for granted today that somebody has heard me preach. So let me tell you one more story about a man who couldn't remember what he heard. Mm -hmm. He was a great professor, brilliant mind. And he was always so absorbed with his life and his work that he would oftentimes forget the simplest of words. Mm -hmm. Came time for him to relocate, and the wife came to him. She said, now, Daddy... Don't forget, today we're moving. I wrote a note, and I put it in your pocket so you won't forget. Daddy said, okay, went to work, came home from the university, and walked in the house, and everybody was gone. He was distraught, walking around the empty house. His family's gone, but Ray, and he went outside, and he sat on the curb. And he saw a little boy riding down the street on a skateboard and he stopped the little boy. He said, little boy, do you know where the people in this house have gone? The little boy said, yes, dad. Mom told me you will forget. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you catch it? Yeah.
0: And I think a lot of us is just like the old professor. Right. We come to church every week. And you hear Pastor sounding the alarm about what's ahead of you in the next week. But just like the old man, you soon to go home and forget all that you heard. Here's what I want you to know don't be like the old man today and forget how dangerous your flesh is. Yeah, the world is bad. The devil is bad, but your flesh is worse. Don't forget your flesh ain't your friend. You can't take this flesh to glory. It's so bad. That's why death gotta kiss it. In order for you to inherit the kingdom of heaven. You can't take this flesh. Right? This flesh will not get better. It refuses your human antidotes. I know some of you trying your best. You stapling it. You tucking it. Come on, talk to me. You trying to hold it together. You getting it cut on and sold on. This flesh got a mind of its own. And it's going back to the dirt. Can I just talk to you? You can fill it with medicines. It's going to kill everything you put inside of it. You can't wash it enough. It'll always want to go back to the hog pen. You can't make it holy because it loves unrighteousness. That's why Jesus came. To take your penalty for being born in the flesh. Can I talk to you? Emmanuel, God with us, came down to die on an old rugged cross that you might get victory over your flesh. He shed his blood on your behalf as the Lamb of God to take away your sin in your flesh. Can I say some more? He was buried. Wasn't he buried? And he rose again. Didn't he rise? To give you power Over the flesh so that you can live victorious in this fallen world. You can not live without being a prisoner of your flesh. Oh, you can live, but you got to be willing to fight the good fight. You got to be willing to not be absent minded like the old professor. You got to be willing to be a soldier who's on battle for the Lord. Let's give God some praise.